Hey there, folks. Once again, we are back. It is the Uticast, episode 105. And today, well, we are celebrating the return of GFOPs from Bite Bakery and Cafe. Doug and Jason Allen Leonard. Uh, also, Heather and Kevin are back once again. We're going to talk about all the issues going on in our lives, including my weird trip to D.C., meeting Ric Flair. Uh, we're going to talk about some history lessons. And, of course, we're going to play some weird games and some fun stuff at the end like we always do 105 we're happy to have you Does that mean it's different now? Is there something special going on? Is this on? different than all the talking 30 seconds ago? The difference between the talking 30 seconds ago and the talking now is that now I'm in character. Oh. Right? Huh. We're all technically in character now. It's, it's the other Sam. Interesting. It's also the other Heather oh, okay. and the other Kevin, whether or not you think about it in that concept, but it is true. Okay. We're now in roles. Just some real high-level stuff. Hmm. <laughs> it's very meta. Some high-level <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back, folks. It's episode 105. Uh, I'm going to introduce everybody first because I realized something for people who've never listened to the show. I don't ever introduce anybody on the no, show. No, you just come on and you're like, here's what's bothered me Hi, this week. Hi, it's Sam. <laughs> you know me. I don't even say names. Uh, so, as you guys know, I am Sam Famolaro, host, producer. Joining me, as always, uh, co-host, good friend of the show, my good friend of life, Kevin Sullivan. Kevin, you're back again. Um... Uh, 105 weeks strong. 105 weeks. Uh, Heather Wazlewski, you're back. I don't know how many weeks the strong The new now. kid. The new, new kid. You start calling her the new kid. No, I don't want to be you the new kid. You start calling her the new kid on the block. No. In full title. No. Mm-hmm. So that's our proper introduction. So there you go. I've properly introduced this this week. How do you feel very nice. It? I feel special a little bit. <laughs> All right. So oh, you should feel special. Uh, so... We have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, what's going on? What's going on? No, it's, it's, it is the start. Sir, can you see what I've given you? You should feel special. I, I'm bowing. It is the uh, the official start of our third year of podcasting, right? This is episode one, season three, it's I guess, right? It's going to be an anniversary every time. No, no, no. Yeah. But I was doing anniversaries. Anytime we get an opportunity, it's called branding. Well, because you know what it is? I noticed... Uh, Marketing. One of my favorite podcasts just came back from its like break this year. Its last season was over, now its new season started. We don't really have seasons. Oh, yeah, seasons. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah, the Malcolm Gladwell podcast just came back. I'm a big fan of his podcast. That makes sense that he would do seasons because he does a lot of production work. Like, he's yeah. not just a guy, like, he doesn't do, like, a hosted show. He constructs, like, a narrative the way that almost, you know, probably radio used to be. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So I can see where he would need to do seasons because it's not just that plugging the microphone until it's over every week. Yeah. So I guess technically this would be the third season, though, starting third our season. season three premiere. It can be a season still. Theoretically. Uh, welcome back, folks. Uh, we have Doug and Jason from Bite Bakery returning this week uh, for the first time in a long time. Had a great interview with them. Dear friends of the show and great friends of, of the cause, too. Everything that goes on in the yeah. city. I mean, those guys are leaders in the community. So love having them on. Great yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah. They're always the great guys to talk to. And it was overdue having them back on the show, considering all the work we've done with them over the last few years and how yeah. you know how helpful they've been to us 
and how hopefully helpful we've been to them. Uh, so they're coming on. Uh, what do I want to talk about before we get into this week's news? Oh, so uh, Kevin and I, uh, for those of you who may have saw, I had you probably saw us all over Instagram. At least I don't know if you posted your picture on Instagram or no. not. Yeah, no, I no. did, trying to get cheap pops from the from the internet no. crowd. Uh, I want to thank Paulie Diamond and everybody at the Gentleman's Corner Barbershop and everyone uh, at the Holiday Inn for uh, allowing us to go to his A Night with the Nature Boy event last night. Yeah, uh, we were there. <laughs> to meet the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Uh, it was awesome. Seventeen-time world champion, Ric Flair. Yes. Sixteen times. Sixteen times. Four. Sixteen-time world champion. Uh, Kev, certainly, uh, it was a, it was a good time. I enjoyed myself. Uh, I had a lot of fun. I learned some things. Uh, what did you learn? I learned that Ric Flair is not as large as I expected. Now he's an older guy. Certainly. How large did you expect him to be? I thought he'd be taller. Just because you remember him as a kid, that's why. He's also, he's he's probably a little bit shorter because he's older. He definitely doesn't have, like, that same broad yeah. base. But I, I, my my scale is so different because, like, I'm six foot five. So my scale for people being big or tall is very different <laughs> to me. So I guess sure. I looked at him and I was like, yeah, it's about right. It's about what I expected. But that makes sense. You noticed that his head and his hands were huge. Yes. Strong. Big head. Yeah. Real big head. Yeah. And I asked you this during the event, and people were going to think that we're, we're you know... We're joking around. You could have taken Ric Flair if you wanted to last night, right? There was no question. You're a big guy. No <laughs> question. <laughs> is Rick listening right now? I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> if he's listening, yeah. yeah come can, come can fight we... me at one of the movie nights down at Franklin Square. Well, I'll pay for the ring. We'll get a ring out there. Uh, <laughs> Bring a belt. I'm sure you got one. <laughs> Did you find it surreal a little bit at all? So I've never been to any kind of... I'm not really like a sports memorabilia, meet a celebrity, sure. go to a yeah. meet and greet thing. It doesn't often do anything for me. Like I'd be much more interested in being able to like actually sit down and talk to somebody mm-hmm. 15, 20 minutes. So it was weird to see the culture around it and the type of people who very obviously do go to a lot of these things. Yeah. it was. Um, it's rare that I go to places, and I think the older you get and less free time you have, the more this becomes self-reinforcing, but it's rare that you go somewhere where you're not like in your element. You know what I sure, mean? Like sure, Like, very oftentimes, most of the times if I go out, I go somewhere, I attend an event, it's with a lot of people that I know or people very similar to the people that I know, and it's like, you know, follows a lot of the same themes types of places. So it was weird to sort of be fish out of water, but it was interesting. I thought, uh, I said this last night, I've been a wrestling fan for many years since I, I always go back to, like, 1991 was the first memory of professional wrestling that exists in my brain right like the first real vivid memory so it's not for me to sit here and say i'm not a super fan because i probably am uh, a fan in that way but some of these people were fans in a way that i could never be fans like some of these guys were fans going back to like the 70s and 60s just fans from before i was even born and that's it was it was crazy to see how excited some of these people were i would have liked to have been there just for the people watching yeah, it was, a, it was a great yes. people-watching opportunity. <laughs> and it was the type of people that are fans of the level where it makes you wonder, and I don't mean this in a demeaning way, but it makes you wonder what else they have in their life. To have this much room to put into this yeah. sort of fandom and hobby, it's just interesting to meet people who are so you know so into a thing that you're yeah, only into sure. tangentially, where you're just out there kind of watching. Yeah. It's interesting to steep yourself in it for a night. There was a weird moment where uh, GFOP, Paulie, uh, we were in line. in the, And the way this worked is you go into the room and there's like this little serpentine line and you follow the serpentine line around. And once you're in the serpentine line, you can see Rick the whole time. He's there, like in front of you, greeting people and shaking hands. So Paulie our, <laughs> calls over to me and says, Sam, give me a woo. 
So now I'm in the room. He's running the event. He gave you the tickets, so you got to do it. You he, were standing dead 12 o'clock across yeah, the room. Yeah, dead from Rick 12 Flair. o'clock, and I got to do a woo in the room with the guy who made woo a thing. Right, that was that was maybe the weirdest, most <laughs> surrealist moment for me. Was trying to be like, oh man, I gotta do a ooh in front of the nature boy, and it really was odd. It what did he was, do? He just nothing. Looked, he wasn't paying attention. <laughs> he was moving through the line. Yeah, he was. He didn't. He He's probably like, dealt with so many yeah. woos on the way before I got there. He's probably in his entire life. Everywhere he goes, yeah, everywhere that He's man goes, he hears it. And what I think is fascinating, and I, and I will, and I'll end my take on Ric Flair at least in this point. Unlike a lot of other, like, wrestlers, if you will, like Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Ric Flair sort of transcended not just wrestling, but, like, culture in a weird way. Like, his mannerisms and, like, his characteristics and, like, the slogans and things he, was he one of the He was one of the early characters for professional wrestling when it started to enter the mainstream consciousness as, like, yeah. one unified thing, I think, in the late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s. But I think when you look at, like, the impact he had on, like, sports and culture and, like, hip-hop, like, yeah. I mean, he really transcended more than just, like, wrestling, brother, what you gonna do, rip my shirt off, brother. I mean, there was more to it than just that. He was, like, a a style icon, almost, in a weird way. I don't think that's being hyperbolic. I really don't. Yeah, he was, and also, I'll say, um, he was was very gracious, and he was very kind to everybody, and he didn't seem like he was having a bad time, but that also looks like a really tough life. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like you could tell that you could tell he was at work, and it's not in a disrespectful <laughs> way, but like I can't imagine having to slog through and do that kind of event, however many times you do it. Probably that's a, I want to do them either. I you never know. They, he gets paid very, very, very handsomely, like to do those things. But you get out there, and that's just the choice you have because you've always made your money with your body, and you can't wrestle anymore. Yeah. So, but I thought the whole barbershop crew did a great job. Everybody at Gentleman's Corner put on a really smooth event. I was mm-hmm. impressed with how smooth it ran. So I just want to shout out to Paulie and all those guys because they did a great job. Heather, what would be the equivalent for you for somebody who you could meet and be starstruck by? Is there anybody you would go to like a meet and greet signing for? Yeah, who could we find? Anybody. Whole world. They have to be alive. Certainly. Oh, it'd be gosh. I'm put on the spot here. Is there anybody? I don't have anybody that I really want to Well, go that's the ask question. Questions. I mean, like, I like going places and watching events. I like if I was watching something, but no, I don't think I'd want to go to like a Q&A. And watch somebody so, answer questions. I don't think I'm a fan enough to... What about, like, waiting in line and getting a picture yeah, or an autograph? I don't find that something I would go sign up to do. That's like, kind of... That's that, how I, I felt. I like going to see good bands, or I like to watch good movies, or if I was to see... Uh, if I was going to, like, a Grammys or something weird like that, that would be awesome, because I'm just part of this. But mm-hmm. I don't know if I would really want to go and see someone answer questions for... Depends on... No, I think there's no connection with me and, and that person. I, I could easily say Neil deGrasse Tyson. I was going to almost say that, by the way. Right. like That's sort of like the first thing, because <laughs> I'd be... Because I remember seeing him at MD. So. At like an intimate well, setting to be able like to like... like yeah. So. That would be somebody. But like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I normally get starstruck in that way. This is... Th- I don't really yeah. collect signed stuff. Yeah, I know. Like an autograph. Been... I've got that autograph ticket. And it's a really nice ticket. And I mean, I'm going to... I'll hang on to it, but I, I'm not going to... I'm not the type to display an autograph photo in my home. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like I'm not putting it up somewhere. I don't think. I don't. I can't imagine whose I would really. I'm more likely to have somebody like sign my arm and then have get a tattoo. Yeah, no. It, right. That would be kind of the move. If it was something it? more of an intimate setting, but if I was people. walking by and I'm like, oh, and I they signed something, and I was like, okay, see you later. I mean, I think I'd more rather. Yeah. Just, I don't think I'd just really. No. 
All right, well, uh, yeah, folks, maybe that'll be our poll question this week. I'll try and do, like, a poll of, like, uh, who you'd most want to meet and, like, do, like, a setting like yeah, this with. Like, so you give the people, like, five choices? Five yeah. choices, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll have to talk about those. Well, yeah, we'll discuss. Poll. So listen for the poll this week, and you'll see who our five choices are when we bicker off the air. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Uh, and then real quick, before we get into the news, I went. Uh, I was in D.C. last week. Uh, for those of you who noticed my Instagram. They're hysterical. I piled a lot of photos on Instagram over... Uh, the last week for my DC trip. You did. I didn't notice it until Thursday because like I I forgot that you were gone all week because that's such a busy week. We had yeah. a concert, then the wedding, then the Thursday, mm-hmm. and I sort of forgot that you were gone. I was looking on Instagram, look at the house, know, the Lincoln like... Memorial. Oh, that's I haven't seen him in two days. That's right. <laughs> Life comes at you pretty fast. <laughs> I went on a liking spree. Uh, yeah, a lot that happened I was a lot. Super jealous. My Instagram has never been that popular. Um, so that you was must kind have been of... vibing. It was <laughs> good vibes. Uh, I'll say this real quick so we can get to some other stuff, but I just want to say. Uh, Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. Uh, I would have to say, I don't want to say overrated. I just want to say I didn't get enough time to really look at it. Ooh, very diplomatic. You can tell you've been in D.C. with that type of diplomacy. Uh, Smithsonian American Art Museum. Underrated. Oh, Oh my God. That was so cool. Uh, Holocaust Museum. Underrated. Yo, Mm. that's really somber, and I don't mean to bring the vibes down, but I'm a history major, right? I, I... I've read tons and tons of stuff about World War II and the Holocaust and the Nazis. It's pretty... I wouldn't go so far as to call it a popular topic of history, but it's That's probably... That's one of the most yeah, popular the topics most, of history there is. Yeah, it's... yeah. Well, especially, too, because it's very recent in history. There's a lot yeah. more context to it compared to something that happened in, like, the 1500s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I, I don't normally get shook by a lot of stuff you see, and that this museum really goes out of its way to, like, shake you. Mm-hmm. And I never got into a moment where I said, like, yeah, this is too much for me but there's a weird section where you actually have this like concentration camp set up that you like walk through basically mm-hmm. and you and you walk through this tunnel and there's the, the railway car right and the tunnel and the, and the path you follow goes right through the railway car and when I went through the railway car you sit in there and you look at it for a second and you smell and it has this awful like old rotting wood smell and that was what got me of all the things that happened in this three floors of this museum walking through the the rail car, the real rail car, and like having that smell of like old decaying wood hit me was the first thing that I was like, yo, Ugh. yo, yo, this is that got me. It's real. That got it me. Is. That was the real. The Holocaust Museum was uh, fascinating and horrifying, but also like I thought it was one of the most impressive museums I've ever been to. Would you want to go back? Yes. Okay. Yes, I would go. I, there was so much stuff there. That I could have probably spent another. That was my biggest takeaway from DC with doing this trip. Dude, that's the thing yeah, with all the big museums. Yeah, I already yeah. know what you're gonna say. You can't like you can't see it all in a day. Yeah. Or you, did Smithsonian have a history museum? We did go to the history museum. Uh, I will say overrated, and I'll tell you really? why. I'll tell you why. Because there already exists a museum called the Museum of Natural History in New York City, which is like six times big. I'll put it this way. The Museum of Natural History in New York City has a whole floor, an entire floor, three different giant rooms full of dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. All the dinosaur stuff at the Smithsonian one is condensed to, like, one room. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the same way everything is. It's just a much smaller location, much smaller building. Less, I of, feel a, less like, of experience. I feel like the Smithsonian would have the choicer stuff to display. There was choice stuff. Stuff was choice for sure. <laughs> uh, but I think that from... Uh, 
like I don't know I, the stuff that I liked. That's fair. You know what I mean? That's the fair. way that you're you're a you're a dirty mark for dinosaur bones anyway, so I get it. So which one would you recommend us to go to if you had to pick one? One uh, Ford's Theater. Okay. Ford's Theater was really cool. Where Lincoln got shot it was oh, really you awesome. Love that. that was the one place where like I got to really shine. Like my kids were like, "Tell me about this." I'm like, "Absolutely, Aww. yes." I'm glad you asked. I'm glad. I've been waiting for this. They do have the real gun though. The Derringer that they shot Lincoln. That was pretty cool. I didn't take a picture of that because it was like okay. But, right. I mean, but uh, probably just Google this. Yeah, no, you could Google a picture. And in you case can let me hold it. I'll take a picture. And before we get into the politics, I just make one quick note of all the pictures you'll see that I've taken there. You'll notice that there was no picture of me in front of the White House. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. Ooh. That's true. Wow. You're, show, you're, sh- you're showing <laughs> that. But I, I'll go say get this. A hybrid. I did. I did go to the White House. I did go to the White House, and we took and the, and there was a picture taken in front of the White House with all the kids and all the teachers. Uh, I took I took the photo. Smart. Let's say that. I, I said I'll take this one, guys. All right. So yeah, that was a lot of stuff that we didn't talk about. Anything else that I planned to talk about? But uh, let's get into a few things. Well, my Man. week was great, Heather. Thanks. Yeah, How was yours? Mine was good. I want to wait awesome. this weekend. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Thank you. B plus players over here. <laughs> Go ahead. Let me introduce you guys. <laughs> Heather, how was camping again in one of your camping adventures? I know you were out camping with so your... So what did you do? Climb another rock? Did you rock? climb a rock? Did you go in a tent somewhere? Put your kid to bed at seven? That was our nation's capital. I know, but what can I say? I can't compare my weekend to yours. Uh, oh, man, different kinds of joy. Joy comes in all forms of life. Maybe next week. We can talk about what I did over the weekend. You better do something this weekend. Um, so... So there were, uh, there were, this was one of those weeks when I went to look for the research on what we were going to talk about in what it's sort of become the national slash political section of the show, this sort of midsection of the first part. And this was a rough, there's like so many things to talk about that I had a hard time talking about where we were going mm-hmm. from here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Trump administration is going to get to go ahead with their uh, travel ban, at Some least for the next 90 days. Partial. Partial. Partial, yeah, yeah. partially right. implied. And it's not going to affect people in so many ways like it did the first time. Right. That's, that was one. I was like, well, we can get into that. Uh, we could get into uh, Supreme Court Justice Anthony Kennedy, who uh, there was a lot of rumor and discussion that he was going to retire. So I feel like one person wrote one article that said he could, and then everybody sort of ran with it really intensely for like yeah. seven hours. Mm. Isn't it weird the media works in cycles like that, it's though, where like something can be a big story for eight hours, mm. and it seems and like a new cycle? I gotta say, the news cycle seems very off-center ever since uh, we only get our press briefings via, like, courtroom drawings now. So, I... I didn't, I didn't bring that up, by the way. Did we want to talk about the fact that there's no, like, no... I would there's like caricatures to, now. I would lessons. be really interested to sit down for, for an hour to 90 minutes and have dinner with Sean Spicer. I, I would like to have... A, I would like to have... No. A, I, that's somebody because you don't have to sit down and have dinner with somebody that you love. It doesn't have to be somebody like, oh my god, I'm such a fan. I would like to sit down and have him tell the truth to me for 90 minutes. What the hell is your life like dealing with all this going on? And having to lot Well, you of course you're drinking. Yeah, you're going out to dinner. Right, what are you doing? Drinking seltzer? Hey. Going hey. out. You have some drinks. You have drinks before and after. And just like talk to this person. Be like, man, what is this mess like being the press secretary? Mm. Oh. Can't imagine. Uh, yeah, so we're not going to get too far to that. Uh, there was one, like this story, uh, I did read this story this week when I was in D.C. and it kind of shook me. What do you guys know about the uh, the Philando Castile shooting that happened earlier Tons. this week? Yeah. Oh, sad story. It was awful. 
Uh, it's really, it's a really, really sad story. Um, the verdict happened this week, not the shooting. Well, the verdict happened this but, week. Yeah. Well, the video was released this week, which seems to be yeah. the part that's getting a lot of... The other video, yeah, it was showing the police officer, because there was obviously, that was one of those well, famous for, she live-streamed it on Facebook when it was happening. That's but right. The but they put out a second video. Yeah, that, that one, like, well, no, they put out the other one with his do- the daughter. Right, the daughter one, too. And that was awful. Like, that, like, Mm -hmm. was life-changing. The police car dash cam is the one that came out, so you can see from the police car's dashboard of him going Mm -hmm. up to the window and how the cop just... I mean, man, you watch it. There's not really any defending it. I don't know if you guys saw the one with the daughter, too. That that would... That was... Like, that... Uh, the officer who shot and killed uh, Mr. Castile told state investigators that, quote, he believed his life was in danger because he smelled marijuana in the car. Oh, great. Um, oh. <laughs> here's, this is the actual quote if you want to go with it. Uh, I thought if he, if he has the guts and the audacity to smoke marijuana in front of the five-year-old girl and risk her lungs and risk her life by giving her secondhand smoke and the front passenger seat doing the same thing, then what does he care about me? Which seems like a huge guy jump. should be, you should be hung. <laughs> like, I really, I mean, that's... Yeah. That's the most intellectually dishonest garbage I've ever heard. Like, you should be mm. stripped of your badge. Wasn't, didn't they put say jail. post-traumatic stress, too, and some other... Said so whatever you need to say to get off of it. Mm. I mean, it's a, you know, when it, when it becomes a pattern, it's not, you know, it's... So it happens almost every time. You'll notice, though, one of the, the weird thing that I think stands out for me is that it's very rare to hear an officer use obscenities. And he was, he was dropping F-bombs. You know what I mean? In like a moment of panic, he yelled. The cop yelled "fuck" when he fired the shot. Right. Yeah. Like it's very. That just sort of symbolizes like a loss of like momentary like logic, control, and reasoning to me. Do you know what I mean? Like as a police officer, you shouldn't be. I don't know. I don't see cops are swearing all the time. No, but I think when you're pulling somebody over and you're in a situation, I don't think they're necessary for just. Certainly not, but like when it when it escalates, like I'm just I'm confused because I feel like I, I hear cops. Right, 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 right. But I'm saying I just I think I hear cops like swearing and yelling all the time. I'm saying that I'm gonna swear for just a moment, folks. I'm saying that in the moment, if a cop has a gun pulled out, the first word when he fires the gun seven times that he hears shouldn't be him yelling the word fuck. Like that's not the word first word I want to hear when I hear a gun going off in a cop's hand. I think anyone has a gun should have more of a control. Yeah, it strikes me as like a it be a little bit more control. I don't know. It all seems like a bigger picture to me when I think about it from that angle. I don't know. That's just my thought. That's just me extrapolating from what I'm reading, what I saw. That's all. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, it just he gets acquitted. The video comes out. Don't you feel like is this? Is the assumption that the jury saw the video? They saw the dash cam video? video? Yeah, for sure. That's that's kind of the dark part for me. Is like, how do you look at the video? And, yeah, that's dark stuff, man. All right, that was, like, the darkest story that I have for the week. Do we want to we try and pull out with something nicer, or we just want to go into the, the interview I, for I, this We shouldn't week? toss these poor boys in the interview talking about, like, systematic... Police executions. <laughs> no, it's, let's move away from that. Um, let's try to stay and go, get, and go get a wedding cake. <laughs> and their cookie subscription and everything And get else. some cupcakes yeah. because it's not your problem. It only happens on the internet. Uh, uh, well, I think you just lightened them. We're an emotional no. roller coaster. <laughs> let's get into this week's interview. Uh, with Doug and Jason Allen Leonard from Bite Bakery. Uh, you know, they're getting close to two years of being open, and I think that if you go back if you get a chance and you want to and you're a real big fan of the show, listen to the interview from the first time we spoke to them and listen to this interview. And it really gives you a good sense of, like, where 
where they are now and the difference in terms of where they started and where it ended and what they thought it was going to be. Really fascinating interview with, with two of my favorite people. Uh, shout out again, Bite Bakery. Thank you guys. We'll be back in just a moment. time this week sure the last two days the poor people who came in to get an interview it was a hundred degrees in here this room particularly does not do very well so i'm glad it's not a million degrees for you yeah. guys here today. yeah no it's fine <laughs> you get so used to the heat though you know what though it's a huge contrast from the winter and you know uh doug jason you guys were actually one of the first interviews that we did off location we first came down to do the interview at uh, my bakery and cafe. This was, and I don't remember exactly what episode this was now, but it was a long time ago. You guys still had just the original building. You hadn't done the extension yeah. yet. Yep. Uh, so I'm very glad to have you guys here in my house. It's very nice. I appreciate you guys coming over. Yeah, no, thank uh, you for having us. But what's funny, and I, I've thought, whenever I have people who are coming on the show, and if I know they're coming on beforehand, sometimes I like to let the audience know. So I, I had you guys plan to come on about two months ago, and it was on a Thursday, and... I got in a car accident that morning. I that was that. the morning you texted me. You're like, "Hey, is everything still on for today?" I was like, "No, I got in a terrible car accident." I remember that. Uh, so that was why, and it was funny because like the day before that, I had certainly like, the episode before that, I was like, "Hey, the white guys are coming back." So I was like, yeah, "I see, two weeks in a row, I've said it." But um, uh, but even before that, I came. To, I came even before the car accident. I remember coming to Bite to try and catch thirty minutes with you guys at location, and I walked in the door, and I immediately knew that it was never going to happen. You guys were packed, 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 packed. So, Doug, Jason, I guess my first question is this. How long has it been since you guys opened the restaurant? You know, you probably know off the top of your head. We opened uh, September 18th, uh, 2015. 2015. Yeah. So you're, you're almost getting on two Almost years. coming up on two years in September, yep. At this point in time, almost two years, uh, I know that probably you had thoughts about the struggles that could have been here. Where do you guys feel like you are now compared to where you thought you would be a year and a half, almost two years in? Honestly, it's it's... It's funny, we kind of joke about it. It's kind of overwhelming. Sure, certainly. Um, in terms of we didn't expect it to kind of blow up the way it did. Mm -hmm. um, in all honesty, we kind of anticipated a small little crowd. Sure. You know, a handful of people for lunch, you okay. know, and it's just kind of become this juggernaut. And it it's has. Like, and it really, really has. And I'm very impressed. You know, it's there's a line, like, out the door every single day. And, you know, it's, it's overwhelming, but it's, it's an amazing feeling knowing that you started something so small and it's kind of snowballed and it just goes to show that hard work and stuff like that actually does pay off, well, you know? Because it, it's yours, too. It has this part yeah, of it where everything sure. you do for it, yep. you know, you're, you're fighting for this thing that is, it belongs to you. It's, you want it to That's the thing. You have to. And, you know, I think a lot of the driving forces, you know, it's ambition, it's, you know, motivation, a huge part of it's fear. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Fear is a huge thing, and people don't really put that into effect when they start to do a business or they go on some kind of venture, but sure. fear is a huge factor. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
you don't want to fail. You've given up everything to do this. It's like you're scared to not make it work. So you're willing to do anything you can to make yes. it work, whether Which, it's 100 hours a week or not, you know? And it's fascinating because I've, I've done enough restaurant work in my life. I've worked in many restaurants in New York City, here, uh, Nyack, all sorts of places around New York. And uh, it's always a topic of conversation. Like, well, restaurant, opening a restaurant, 90% chance of failure, blah, blah, yeah. blah, always is. And yet people still open them all yeah. the time. It's, it's a tough business. It yeah. really is. It's a tough business. I mean, I he started out of the house. Too, and, yeah, I think it's conceptually, too, you got to be different. Mm. It's got to be a departure from something that's already here. Mm. It has to be, uh, you know, I think with the atmosphere that we've created, that mm. it shows that people want that here oh, in sure. Utica. So for us, we wanted, we always, you know, hosted at our house and had parties and People would always say, I love it here. You guys do a phenomenal job. And, uh, you know, I, I don't feel like I'm in Utica. And I said to Jason when we, you know, started doing this out of the house system, it would be great if we can just take this mm. in our home yeah. and carry that over to our space. Mm. And I think we've done that. Yeah, I think we have. You know? One of the things that always fascinates me uh, with this, I remember, this is, this is kind of off kilter for a second, yeah. but I was living in New York. I fell in love with this little establishment that was down the road from my house. It was a an English soccer pub, and they would do breakfast in the morning, and they would do Bloody Marys, and they would play the soccer games, and it was a little community. Uh, and I always thought, I want to open up that kind of thing here in Utica. But then I started thinking about all the concessions I would have to make. Like, you know, to, to do that kind of thing, you have to pay to get the cable service. You can't just play this stuff on TV. You have to get a... People who are going to come in for breakfast, you have to have a small enough... Like, there's all these yeah, things. Yeah, sure. Did you ever feel, was there things that you guys had to give up along the way to make Bite work initially? Were there other ideas you had that you guys have sort of backed out on, or did everything sort of work for you guys right off the bat? Well, no, because I think, I feel like I started this out of our house, sure. and the bakery, you know, mm -hmm. was the primary reason, and then we sat down and we added the, the cafe part with, yes. the, with the lunches and the breakfasts, mm -hmm. and quickly as time progressed that we realized that the the cafe the food took off yeah and I felt like we got to a point where I felt like the bakery how we started took a back seat mm -hmm. and that's when we realized I said we got to do something we got to bring sure. the the bakery to the forefront again uh, and we that's why we expanded because uh, the demand was getting more and more and more and we were sharing a kitchen so um, you know even now that we've expanded I feel like you know, both in the cafe and the bakery, our space is limited because it's an old building. Sure. And yet here we are trying to figure out, you know, things like storage for cakes and time and, you know, true. Doing I thought about that, huh? all those little factors, you know, expanding. What are, what are we going to do next? Well, it's an interesting point because it is a very distinctive, very beautiful, uh, like, building you've, you've built for yourself there. Like, the way you've designed it and the way you've presented uh, the storefronts on both sides, both the new expansion and the original and the cafe side. Uh, but I never really thought about that. These buildings are old. There's probably yeah. the infrastructure for how to expand or do stuff is probably a pain. It is, and yeah. it's limited. And there's certain, le there's certain legal things too. Like sure. you can't do things. You know what I mean? It's not like it's a, it's a brand new building. You can do whatever you'd like. Mm -hmm. You know, there, mean, there's historical protections on these buildings yeah. that hinder you from doing things. So you kind of have to become creative. And it's like, okay, we can't do it this way, but we have to make it work. So what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like one of our pain points is. Uh, the cafe, people leave there and they smell because of it, because of the food and, oh, yeah. and the smoke. And, we, you know, we've, you know, fumbled around and now we're to a point where we know what we need to do. Mm. Uh, we have to, and we're doing it, is investing in an ancillary system 
to be able to, to mitigate that mm-hmm. that piece of it because that's what our customers are giving us feedback on. Sure. And, you know, it, again, it's a process because it is a historical area and the mm-hmm. building's old and we're kind of in the center of the cafe kitchen is in the center of the building. So uh, there's there's a lot of planning and, and, you know, running the pipe. Where is it going to go? Where are these things going to come into play? So it's on our radar. It's like top sure. radar. Yeah, that's it's, what our, it's definitely... The top thing that we're working on right sure, now, sure, um, and it's going to help everybody. It'll help our customers. It'll yeah. help us. Um, uh, well, what, uh, actually, I want to ask another question before I get sure. too far away from this because uh, you guys did the expansion, the new expansion into the bakery portion as well, which is very beautiful. I love the kitchen. You guys had Thank a beautiful you. open kitchen. Uh, how much do you have to go looking for people to to work in the bakery, or people come find like the the cakes you guys make, the designs you do are so beautiful and so elegant and so like over the top, like where did that all start and how do you find people that buy into this idea of making it special? It's, I think for for me mm-hmm. and him, uh, I didn't want to do the standard piping floral. Sure. I feel like um, we wanted an updated version mm-hmm. of the kink and I think that is expressive to make them look like a piece of artwork mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, in, 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 in expanding and, in, in, you know, making the bakery, you know, priority again uh we had to bring on some people and one of the people that we brought on was our she's our bakery manager and our executive pastry chef amy um she uh locally uh, educated went to mbcc in the culinary program and then uh did uh i think a four-year stint up at turning stone in the steakhouse and amy had left there for uh reasons and she wanted to be more more part of the local uh you know doing things locally and she believed in uh, us and our business and and that we do everything from scratch we don't do anything out of a box so that was important for her and she has more uh, we allow the, the, the team to have creative control uh, we don't we don't want to like suffocate that uh, so we both feel that you got to be able to let people create and Amy and she's literally, you know, we have a couple other bakers that are in there that one has technical training in college and the other one, he does not, he had none. So she's literally brought them up to that level. And, um, you know, it's just, and again, we want to create something that not only looks beautiful, but tastes amazing. You, you got to have both. Exactly. It's a, obviously. Yeah. Because I've seen that too. Sometimes you look at stuff and it's like, oh, that's so beautiful. I don't know how I'm ever going to eat this. Right. <laughs> yeah, 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 and we get that a lot. The thing is we just pushing your customer to allow you to have that creative freedom. Exactly. You know, we, yeah. we kind of tell them it's like, you know, we get people that just, they'll reference Instagram dates. <laughs> exactly. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, December 11th, 2015, you guys made this cake. Can you do that again? Who runs your Instagram, by the way? You guys do a great job. Is that, is that you? That's, yeah, that's it's he does, yeah, he does the Instagramming. That is the one social media platform that I feel like I... Because a lot of... It's like, how many pictures can I take of this laptop and this desk? <laughs> yep. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I have to sort of co-op for their pictures Well, I think for it's... It. For Instagram, people eat with their eyes, so they see things that's visually, true. and that's down to... How we how we post it, how we angle it, how we look at it, how we you know that's what people see, you know, and it's it's a huge driver. Going back to the location thing for a moment, uh, you guys are in a beautiful location in Franklin Square. Uh, you're right next to Nancy Ford Studio. There's a lot of other buildings right down there. You're not very far away from the Bag Square East uh, area up yep. the street from you. There's a lot of uh, Mellows and Pizza Classic. You actually brought this up to me today. I didn't even know about this, that they are opening a Jimmy John's in downtown Utica. So I have twofold question. Uh, number one, what kind of contact do you currently have with like the other businesses around here? Are you guys, do you work in contact with any of these other businesses um, at all? Or? Actually, we, um, 
We get our bread from Utica Bread, so mm-hmm. we have a working relationship with Wonderful. them. Uh, we get our coffee from Utica Roasting, Wonderful. so we have, again, a relationship with them. Um, I think the biggest thing going into business and what makes most businesses um, successful is that you have to sort of support one another. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and instead of, I, I feel like a lot of people are like, you know, well, they're a competitor. They're, we don't look at people as competitors. Sure. You know, I, I think competition's good mm-hmm. because it forces you to provide a better product, better service, mm-hmm. you know. I think people get comfortable, and I think anytime something new comes in, or anytime there's a new, you know, even not even new, I guess. I mean, any type of competitor, it ke- keeps you on your toes. You know, like I, like we, we would never be able to make like a mellow sub. You know what I mean? Like Mellow's sure. has great food, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of people love it. We would never oh, be able favorite. to duplicate that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then like they would never, you know. Yeah. But we have like our signature sandwich, sure. bite. And you, you know, it's a niche more product. Like, yeah, like, that's what wanna, I mean. You want to carve out a particular niche for yourself. And sure. This, and, and, actually, and do it really well, you know? This ties into something that I, I want to get to in a second, but I just want to tie it in real quick. Um, Franklin Square Film Series in general, uh, you know, we have dealt with, we see sometimes that there are other places that do the free pop sure. movies in the park. And we've gotten frustrated sometimes when we see someone do something that we've already done and we're like, oh, man, like, we should have, like, done more yeah. to, like, make this our own thing. But, like, I also have to have that argument like look that's that's in Herkimer that's in somewhere else like I can't just because they're doing it doesn't mean it's going to kill our business we need to work focus on our business first sure. like not yep. every peripheral like thing is coming to affect us right like, exactly yeah, so yep and the other point of that question is what are your thoughts on like a more corporate uh, style food chain coming into downtown Utica I feel like and just my thought initially is I don't see the need for that when it's surrounded by places that already sort of fill that niche just my initial thought yeah i mean i for me i don't it's a double-edged sword Mm -hmm. because on one hand i'm thinking in terms of consuming a property that's now vacant sure tax rolls creating jobs yeah creating another option Mm -hmm. um driving more traffic to a certain area and on the other hand i get everybody's you know frustration with it because a lot of people have worked hard Right. You know, and it's the mom and pops kind of fighting the man, we'll say. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, sure. I get I get both sides of the story. I mean, I can understand both sides. I mean, I certainly wouldn't want, you know, a soup salad sandwich shop opening up next door to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I know that there's subs and, you know. I, I just... It, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's double-edged for me. Next to Pizza Classic and Mellow's, it seems like <laughs> I've... There are so many places I'd rather... And I'm not trying to, like... Shit on the Jimmy John's product here. No, right no, no. I, but I'll say this. It's a Jimmy John's in New Hartford, right? It's not that far away. I drive by it occasionally if I go to the barbershop, if I go to whatever. I'm not talking trash. I literally have never seen anybody in it. So I wonder to myself, like, like is is that a bad sign? <laughs> like, it's not that one far, it's not that far I, away. I think, I think visually for downtown, I see, and, you know, I've hmm. been to other cities and... I often compare it to like Schenectady. Schenectady. It's downtown Schenectady. They've had a resurgence, and a lot of that resurgence is because of local people that sure. open up businesses. So, I see um, downtown like for local like local mom and pop shops and like mm-hmm. boutiques and things like that. Yeah. That's what I visually see for it. I still feel like at this point in time, it is still a little 50-50 for someone to take that risk now. Like, there is a chance that it will go really well. And, like, you guys are a great example of that. Like, you guys took the risk, and it worked out really well for you guys. But yeah. You're doing really, really successfully. For every one of you guys, I feel like there's someone else who puts their heart and soul in it, and it doesn't, it doesn't work out. Like, yeah, I mean, and the thing is, you can kind of coexist with one another with mm-hmm. corporate and mom and pop. I mean, for example, in our old neighborhood in Queens, um, in Astoria, there's a street called Steinway. Mm-hmm. And Steinway yeah. is... 
two, three miles long. It's just back to back, side to side. I mean, the businesses are just pouring out onto the street. Yeah. There's so much, there's so many businesses on that street, and it's just, I mean, it's just bustling right now. Mm. But it's like, you know, you'll have like your small, like, Mexican place, mm-hmm. you know, doing tacos or whatever, you know, that's a mom and pop place, and then right next to it, you have a Moe's, you yeah. know, and everybody's kind of coexisting. Same yeah. thing with clothing. It's like there's like small boutique shops, and then there's also a gap right in the middle of it. What's fascinating about New York City right now for me is I've seen two things in New York City that make me a little uncertain. I don't know how much you guys keep up with New York City stuff, but I was reading an article last week in the Times about how Bleecker Street in New York, in Lower Manhattan, used mm-hmm. to be a big... Uh, yeah, it's empty now. Yeah, it's pretty much empty now because when you get these 20-year rents and these places do such a good job that the rent goes up, I'm like, either we're already successful, I'm not going to pay this kind of money for it, or I can't afford this anymore. You can't that's afford sort it. That's scary. And, that yeah. made, and I saw this in Brooklyn, too. I lived in Bed-Stuy during... An, uh, a six to seven year period where I saw a Michelin star restaurant open up on my street. I saw a, uh, a dough donuts. I saw a scratch bakery. I saw all these things open up. And by the time I left, half of them were already closed. Even the Michelin star restaurant because the right the, the price just keeps going up and up and up and it's, up. And it's, up and it's you know, you just kind of adapt to it, mm-hmm. you know. We just actually, unfortunately, we had to increase some of our um, menu items. Speaking of increasing stuff. Oh, yeah. But it was the same thing. It was just, we hadn't done it in almost two years and our, yeah. our the cost of our products were going through the roof. Yeah. I mean, fuel and I mean, fuel charges went used to go from you know fifteen dollars, and now you're like ninety dollars for a fuel surcharge, and that's a huge expense to to do two three times a week, you know. Yeah, even in the five years that I was at Carmine's in New York City, which is a big time large scale touristy restaurant, huge huge place. They they talk constantly about the price of veal, the price of calamari, all of it is going up, and it didn't ever seem like it was going down. It was just like with romaine, the romaine lettuce. Yeah, case of it was like nineteen dollars, and then it went up to. $95. $95. You know, oh, and yeah. we stressed about it. We did because we were, our goal opening this was not to like get rich. We exactly. just, we just wanted to open a business and make a decent living and, you know. And not for nothing else, you guys are a place that really pays a lot of attention to ingredients and where you get ingredients. Yeah, yeah. that's so the thing. The cost of ingredients is important. It's it not is. like you're, and I'm not, I, don't, I can't think of like some place that would just take whatever, but it's not like you're some low rent place that's going to get the cheapest cheese and meat or whatever. Yeah. You're trying to get actual product and nice product. Every single product yeah. that comes in our door, mm. um, we always request samples. Mm. We cook with it. We eat it. We have the staff eat it. Yeah. Um, we have family and friends eat it. And then we get everybody's feed. It takes, I mean, just for us to get a ham, it, it, it's a month-long process, yeah. you know? <laughs> What's it taste like fried? What's it taste like this? What's it, t- you know? So I feel bad for some of our vendors that come in mm. and it's like, I'm going to torture you, but it'll be worth it, I promise. And I think, too, just back to the whole, uh, you know, local business thing. We, our staff do it. We, we order out with our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We don't we don't order food every day, so sure. we are always patronizing at local downtown businesses for lunch or we get ordering out. We get pizza, Zenas, and, 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 and we get all constantly these going around to the businesses. other places yeah. and supporting them because you know we well, we love we, different yeah. food too. So I think it's it, is, it does help that Utica does have a wide variety of delicious, yeah. delicious Agreed. food establishments yeah. around. Uh, so I want to talk really quickly about Franklin Square film series. Uh, we're, by the time people hear this episode, the ET which is the most recent film we did, will have already passed. So yeah. we, we, I can't really yeah. pump us up for it. But uh, I've really enjoyed doing the film series, uh, particularly working with you guys and the guys from Nomad. I love the location. I love working in Franklin Square. And it makes me feel good to see that alley and that location be used for something because I don't think it always gets used to its full potential. Yeah. Um, just in, I guess in general, do you feel like these community events, like being involved in community events, is a part of the company as well? Is that a big part of what you guys want to do for It is, because yeah. we've... I mean, both of us come from working class families, you know, 
mm-hmm. and it's just we you know we we both know what it's like to struggle we both struggled and we want we want to not only have a successful business but we want to be able to give back mm-hmm. you know we've been blessed with this this business and you know our customers are you know the best people in the world and we this is kind of our way to give back you know we're not a billion dollar corporation that sure. can you know send everybody on a cruise or something you know what i mean but it's kind of our small way of giving back to our customers and just kind of creating like unique things outside between the the film series and the yoga mm. um yeah, just the yoga's been really great by the way I'm yeah the yoga went really well um we had about 60 people last time which was cool great. Um, that's a, that's the sort of thing that needs a little bit of time to build momentum right. i think too the film series is a little bit easier to sell to people sure. free movie come watch a movie people will come out for that yep Yoga in the mornings to get people into that rotation of coming out and doing this every yeah. morning. I think that does take a little more time to build yeah. up, but I think yep. that'll get better and better, yeah. too. Agreed. Yeah. And the feedback's been good for it, too. Feedback's yeah. been great, you know? And our goal going... And I think the thing that helps us the most is our goal going into most of these things is we're not looking to make any money. Sure. Like, if we break even on the cost of things, perfect. Yeah. That's actually you one know? of the big things I've, I love about these Friends of Square Film series. At least when we can sell this to people and say, just come. That's yeah, such a just nice come. feeling. Just come and be Bring part of this. Bring a chair and yeah. show up. It's, it's all you have to do. It's super easy. And I think it's nice now that, you know, you guys have kind of brought more to it, like Woodland Brewery and, you know, uh, bringing things like that. I think it creates more buzz for people to come. It's like anything else. I think after you do things a couple times, a couple years, you start yeah. to uh, you start to even out things. Yeah. Uh, I think the Passport's actually a really good example of that because I look at the Passport over the last four years uh, and I think that there was a certain point in time where we started getting too much. It became too big and too expansive, mm-hmm. and I'm glad that we scaled back a little bit this year. Now, some people will be like, oh, that means it's not, you know, oh, less business. Eh, not really. It just it seemed like less of a, a headache to deal yeah. with. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, for sure. Last year, it became so much work that uh, it made our lives easier to do it this way, and I think that some people don't look at it that way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I think they're yeah. unique, too. You yeah. know, they're fun. I mean, I know, like, when I do, you know, the level complete oh, I love it. <laughs> people love it. I'm like, I gotta give uh, you, I gotta level you up. It was funny because, you know, my good friend Tim Schramm uh, of the dev, he he designed that for us, and it's funny because I hadn't seen much of Tim since the since the whole thing with the dev, and it was really nice to see him and do work with mm-hmm. him again. He's such a good character, so I'm, I hope we get to do more stuff with him going forward. Uh, before I get into our lightning round stuff in the end, just two quick things I want to point out uh, with you guys. One, uh, you're almost at two years. It's yes. 2015 coming up, September 2017 will be your two-year anniversary. What do you think, uh, what are you looking most forward to going forward with the business as you get past two years and beyond? Um, kind of growing it and just being part of this downtown revitalization, mm-hmm. you know, and, and having, mm-hmm. you know, the, the pride and comfort of saying, you know, we took a chance in the beginning yeah. before things we're cool or whatnot, you know. Yeah. We just kind of did this, you know. Um, just kind of growing the business consistently, steadily, you know. We don't, we take things a little slower. Are you guys we, doing catering? Uh, we do for small yeah, events. Small events, yeah. Small events, curious. usually yeah. 50 or less. We'll That's do probably like, a whole other beast, right? It yeah. is. It's a, it, it's a whole other beast. And the reason we do it that way is because we don't want to, con- we only have the one kitchen. Sure. So if I have to make a hundred sandwiches for an event, now they I have to work with the guys in the kitchen. And every our kitchen's small, mm-hmm. but it's efficient. Everybody yeah, exactly. has a station, you know. So it's now you're trying to do all this in addition to a lunch rush or whatever, you know. And then product storage again, you know. So, but just steadily growing the business and um, kind of coming up with some new ways of giving back to the community and fun things to do to kind of draw people downtown. Um, you know, like the film series, for example. One of the things that I'm excited about is that people are coming downtown at night. That's great, isn't it? Because I think downtown always had like this like 
bad energy to it where like people thought well you can't go downtown at night and it's yeah. not the case like we we never ever ever have problems we never feel unsafe our yeah. customers never feel unsafe and now that they're out there in the dark sitting in an alleyway well, the you city's know. been helpful with that too. They always keep absolutely. Yeah. The city's and, been wonderful. And I have to say, one of my favorite things about the film series is just these weird moments I have. Uh, last year, I was standing at the back end on uh, not the Genesee Street side or the front. The of Seneca, Street. Seneca Street side. Yep. Standing back there with Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson, and we're just sort of looking down at everything, and we're like, "Yeah, this is this was good today. We did a good job today. Right? You know, it felt good." And this car pulls up behind us, just going down the street and stopped and I ended up having we ended up having like a 10 minute conversation with this guy just asking about what's going on ended up having a good contact with him he ended up doing business like work with us yeah these weird moments where people don't exactly know what's going on and yep. you learn that things happen that interesting things happen you can share that with them that's a fun moment to have that sort yeah. of like yeah it feels good to do something it does and you know the best part is it's free exactly and it's even better to tell them that <laughs> it's free just come exactly uh, I just want to break. I don't want to get too heavy into this. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's appropriate. It is. Uh, it is Pride Week coming up. Um, you guys are going down to New York City. It seems yep. like I saw. New York. Are you excited to go back to New York City for Pride Week? Yeah. Yeah, it'll be fun. Um, there's a group of us going, so it's fun just to kind of go see some old friends and stuff sure. like that. Hang out. Um, I have a lot of friends who are still down there who are very excited for it. A lot of my restaurant friends are. Yeah, it's a it's a it, so. it's a great thing. It shows you know diversity and it shows mm-hmm. uh, the thing I like about the parade in particular is that it shows so many different businesses and organizations sure. and. You know, people watching the parade, it's kind of like a scrolling billboard of all these avenues to kind of exactly. reach out to, you know? Yeah. Now, I don't want to get... I'm just curious about your opinion. I, you know, I'll leave it at this. Do you guys feel like... You guys feel like has a pretty vibrant uh, LGBT community. Do you feel like Utica does enough in their own way to sort of honor, like, Pride Week or, or LGBT Pride? I mean, it can kind of go both ways. I mean, it's... Some people would say it's mm-hmm. never enough, you know? Yeah. I think the the recognition and stuff like that is great that the city's doing because most cities, I mean, smaller cities, I should say, they yeah. don't have this type of recognition. Exactly. So I think, you know, city hall and the mayor and all these people having like the you know these events and the the, the flag raising and all this yeah. stuff. I think it's great, and I think it shows the local, um, the locals that yeah, it is a diverse city, and we do support that. You know, I do think that maybe like having maybe a smaller parade. Right. That's kind of what I was thinking. As long as the direction of the events goes, you know, in a positive direction. Exactly. Kind of a promotion of, you know, this, Mm. I don't want to say subculture, but you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. I I get what you mean. Yeah. Like a promotion of it in a positive way. We don't understand that. I moved past that. Yeah. I moved past that. Um, So, before we get into lightning round questions, I just want to give you guys a chance to What's the website? Uh, Bitebakery.com. Is that the... Bitebakeryandcafe.com. Bitebakeryandcafe.com. Yep. You guys are on Twitter. You're on Instagram. You're on Facebook. You're all over the... We're all over. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's get into the lightning round questions. Uh, in this case, I'm going to go serpentine style. I'm going to go back and forth. Okay? Perfect. Uh, so, Doug, I'm going to start with you. Doug, when you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I don't drink any. No coffee? No nothing coffee. In the no tea? Nothing? Um, I do have a protein shake. Protein shake or a protein yeah, shake? Yeah, a whey protein. <laughs> That's my coffee. Uh, Jason, what about you? Um, cold brew, touch of cream, no sugar. Oh, very good. See, Just I'm, a touch of cream. I'm a weirdo. Cold brew, I drink black. Hot coffee, I drink with cream. I don't know why. It's my weird, my weird niche. Uh, I'll stay on, uh, on you for this one. Uh, what was your first automobile? Oh, God, what was it? <laughs> oh, it was a 1995 Buick Regal. It was blue, and it had a vel- like a velvet blue uh, roof on it. It was like the two-tone. Yeah. So it had the fabric roof on it. I'm going to stay with you for this one. You may or may not have taken that car to this event, but what was your first live music concert? Oh, God. Um, all for one at the Stanley. All for one at the Stanley. <laughs> 
That was my first concert, like, that I can remember anyways, was all for one. Uh, uh, Doug, I'm going to come back to you. What was your first automobile? I bought it myself. It was a $50 Ford Tempo. Yes! yes. A week later, it blew up and caught on fire. That's the first, that's your first car is supposed to it's do, supposed I feel to, like. It's supposed to, yep. And you probably didn't take it to your first live music concert. But what I was did your, not. <laughs> what was your first live music event? Boys to Men. Really? Yeah. That's a big one. Yeah. Yo, I was talking about this with somebody last week. It's hard sometimes to define, like, boys to men for, like, what their impact was. But in the 90s, you could they not escape you boys could not. to men. It was everywhere. Every dance. Yep. Every, like... <laughs> it was so funny. We were in New York City about two weeks ago. And uh, we were going to clothing stores and, like, all the 90s clothes, Fila. I, I was surprised. Back. Can I tell you, I work with students, and they laugh because I'll show them, like, old pictures. I'm like, yo, you laugh now. It is now. huge. Wait till it comes back. Wait till the big pants I think it's back. coming back. <laughs> it's we, were coming in, back. Uh, we were in Zara, and I looked, oh, and I was I like, Zara, wow, I'm like, Zara's, like, all their clothes are very super, like, 90s Urban inspired, yes. baggy, um, neon colors, crazy stuff. I'm like, this isn't. This is all 90s stuff. When I was living in Brooklyn, a lot of my... Two of my roommates particularly were big fashionista guys. Shout out to Adam and Eric. And they used to drag me to Zara all the time. And I was always just like, man... Like, I wish I had more money. I like some of this stuff. But yeah. some of this is just like... I probably have it and I threw it away at yeah. some point yep. in time over the years. Yep. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm going to stay with you on this one. Uh, Doug, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. Um... Lady Gaga. I listen to her all the time. <laughs> yeah. Wrong with that. Yeah. Wrong with that. I listen to her all the time. Is, does that mean that you are also listening to Lady Gaga all the time? Pretty right? much. <laughs> Pretty much. No shows you guys are watching? You're not House Cards folks or anything like that? I watched this one. St- it's the stupidest show. It's called Life Below Zero. Life Below Zero. Is it like a <laughs> Discovery show? <laughs> I don't understand. It's, I don't know how I got hooked. I just think it was on one time and I just hit play on Netflix. And now I'm hooked. It's just about like, it's the strangest show. It's about these people that live like... Hundreds of miles above the Arctic Circle, and it just follows them throughout their daily life. It's the cri- it's like the real world, but Look in like that. Antarctica. That's fair. So, then you guys are Twin Peaks guys? Am I the only Twin Peaks person here? No, right. but other than that, that's pretty. We don't watch a ton of TV. Maybe thirty minutes a day, if even that. I was gonna say, yeah. Those are probably, By the time yeah. we get home, we hang out with our dogs and stuff like that. So, oh, I was gonna talk to you about that. You guys have a lot of dog photos all over your <laughs> sites. You guys like proud dog parents? It seems yeah, like. yeah, <laughs> yeah. We have three: two pugs and a French bulldog. That's a lot. It is. You know what, though? Our, our two, um, they're the older ones. Uh, there's Giselle and Luciana. They, um, they're they 11, well, they'll be 11 and 12 this year. Um, so they're getting older. And then Caro is one one year old, and she's just a psychopath. Is this the end? Are you going to call it quits after three? Or is... I would. Yeah. For now. <laughs> for now. All right. So uh, I have one last question for each of you guys. Uh, I will start with you on this one, Jason. Besides, uh, besides obviously being a dog father uh, <laughs> and a uh, part of this community and helping to serve all these uh, this great stuff and all these great people here, uh, give me one other thing that you are passionate about. Oh God. Um, I guess I guess music. I'm a huge music person. I mean, I listen to music all day, every day, even when I go home. I don't even like being without music for. A few minutes on my ride home. That makes me glad because I gotta tell you, over the last, I would say in the last five years, since I started delving into the podcasting game, and I listened to a lot of podcasts, my, I used to download a new CD like every day. I used to get it yeah. all the time, and I feel like I've taken a big hit in the amount of my music intake and what I'm actually listening to. I feel like I just keep falling back on the same things I listened to like 10 years ago. I'm getting a little concerned about that. Yeah. You got any new music you can share with me that I should be listening to? Oh, God. I. <laughs> I'm kind of eclectic. I'm all over the place. Mm. I mean, I usually go either from... I bounce back and forth between some form of hip-hop. Sure, um, sure. Which is my favorite. And then I usually do some kind of, like, 
old soul music like Aretha, Otis, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Etta, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can't, I couldn't escape hip-hop. I had, like, a Yeah, so I'm, like, like yeah. a huge hip-hop person. Um, but then at the same time, it's like, I, I can go from, you know, Nas's ether to, like, Sarah Brightman opera. Exactly. Just by skipping one song on my iPad. So That, was, uh, you know. that always throws people off. I was a musical theater guy, so it's like, yep. what is this, 50 Cent? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is this the Little Shop of Horror soundtrack? Yep. I'm like, yes. Also, same um, mix, ironically. It's, it's, it's terrible, too, especially, like, when you're working out, like, if... If you're cycling or something and like you oh, you yeah. have it on shuffle and like you know a really like hardcore song comes up and it's really got you pumped and then all of a sudden like oh holy night's the next song yeah and you're like or something great yeah. I can't change it because I'm going downhill. Sometimes I have to download music for the podcast when people want me. Yeah, <laughs> I think that happened a few weeks ago. I was like someone wanted I think it was Carrie Bostick of the OD wanted Hello by Lionel Richie and that somehow made it to my phone or just kept popping up on my. That's thing. funny. Like, every every time yep. I do this. Uh, Doug, same question for you. Uh, besides all the wonderful things you guys have been doing for the community, one more thing that you are passionate about? Um, I really, I'm passionate about the business. I, I, love, I live, eat, sleep, breathe it. It's, for me, it's my life, and uh, I, he has to tell me to leave because I just, I'm there so much. I know this is a weird question, and it's hard to say now. Have you ever thought about, like, another location? We've yes. thought about it. Yeah. Um... It's a big it's commitment. Sort right? of like yeah. ha- we compare it to like kind of having kids. It's like you have your one yeah. kid. Once that kid's off to school and kind of doing their own thing, then it's like all right, let's think of having another one yeah. type of thing. We're you thinking. Know? Uh, Doug, Jason, it's always a pleasure to talk to you guys. Uh, normally, I would have presented you guys with two timers club trophies today because this is your <laughs> second time on the show. Sadly, my last two timers club trophy was taken by Sarah Foster two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna have to deliver some to the to the no biggie guys. It's thank a real pleasure so to have you yeah. here. No, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for being such a big part of everything we've been helping us out for. No, thank you guys. Uh, thank you so much for everything. Folks, we'll be back in just a moment. Again, to Doug and Jason, our good friends at Bite Bakery. Uh, check out Bite Bakery on Facebook. Check out Instagram. They're all over the internet. They're all over, taking over the web. Uh, and, of course, come down to Franklin Square Film Series, uh, which we put out with them, and Nomad. Yoga. And yoga in the yoga. morning, which has been very popular, yeah. which I was talking to them about. They were really uh, getting into that. Um, so one of the things we did talk about in their interview, and we, are, we do have some history lessons today, guys, so don't get too excited. But I wanted to bring this up to you guys because I know uh, that Doug and Jason and I got into a little bit in the interview. You guys know we're getting to Jimmy John's opening up downtown. Yeah. I'm so glad Cross you're bringing this up because I wanted to talk about this too. <laughs> yeah. I, it's a definite now. They had, I don't know how yeah, definite it is. That's yeah. the worst sub place. I'm sorry. I've had the one in New Harvard. It's terrible. <laughs> Doug and Jason were very diplomatic when we discussed this during the interview. Well, but uh, Not me. Stay out. Yeah, they're being nice. <laughs> <laughs> it struck me as sort of odd, right? Like, and I, and I said during the interview, I'm not being a jerk. 
I've driven by the Jimmy Johns that we already have here. Mm-hmm. I really don't think I've ever seen that many people in it. I don't think Jimmy Johns doesn't do a great job of doing their marketing because I, number a lot of people go to Jimmy Johns. Yeah, a ton of people well, go to that. the one here locally. Um, I see a lot of the younger kids on my staff go to Jimmy John's. Really? Yeah, it's something that happens. A lot of kids go there for, like, it's mm. right by the high school, so kids go there for lunch, too. But when Jimmy John's came to the area, it sort of popped up with no fanfare. I think that's a weird spot. Maybe if you're from mm. out of town, that seems like a great spot. But, like, if you're from town, that's not yeah. a great spot. Um, I didn't know what they sold. I had to look them up online. I'm like, okay, so what is Jimmy John's? I didn't know if it was like some sort of burgers. I didn't know what they were even doing. So I think it's failure on their marketing team for people to even really know they're there or what they do. Yeah. I, I just feel like, you know, right now to open up a, a place down there, to open up a sub place across from Pizza Classic, which already makes great subs, near Mellow's, which is known for their subs, near Bite Bakery, which is already like makes... Like a bulk of their money makes from their lunch crowd. Their lunch really kills it. Mm-hmm. I just seems like I don't know how in your right mind because I don't find Jimmy John's to be that much cheaper or more inexpensive than any it's of those other three options, yeah. right? Like it just seems like a poor idea. Mm-hmm. That's just my thought. I don't know. I don't like the idea because I don't want to see, um, especially if this hospital thing ends up happening, I don't want to see a bunch of the national chains come in and just yeah. gobble up downtown. They're going to make money. Oh, yeah. If they open down there. Mm-hmm. Like, all those places you named are better. I would rather go to every single one of them, but not everybody thinks like that. Yeah, it's a good You point. hope that people talk with their wallet and don't go, but no. people love a national chain, a name they know and they know though. they can trust. No. It's it, not even good food. Most of it it's isn't, really though. really terrible. Most of it isn't. You go through all of it. You know, name me a chain that is really good food. I, I can't think of many. No, yeah. not really. Even the ones that I could, like, make an argument for, it's just, like, still making an argument for it, right? Like... Mm-hmm. How much do I do? I want to die in the Chipotle sword to make that argument? Probably not. Do you mean like? You would think the city would try to put something against having, like, like for no. example, Old Forge has a thing where they they don't allow like corporate business like food chains go in there anymore. True. They have, but it'd be nice like with Utica revitalizing that they would. I know what you mean. They could that, but they that would be the opposite of the thing. They can't set a precedent for yeah. disallowing. We're not like Old Forge has got like. 300 people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm, I don't know what the actual population is, but it's tough. I get it, I get it. I just wish that there was, when you're revitalizing an area, there should be some stipulations with a time period of when you mm-hmm. can put in something. Well, in their idea, somebody's like, we're going to take this building, we're going to put in the tax rolls, we're going to pay for it, we're going to make jobs, we're going to be down here and maintain the property. Mm-hmm. That's a win for the city financially, but it's not a win necessarily for the culture of the neighborhood. Well, if you want bad subs... Jimmy John. You just have to trust people to do the right thing. <laughs> All right, you guys ready for some history lessons? No. Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Let's Thought we had talked just long Are enough. they in order? I can do them in order no, this week. They can kidding. be in order this week. Uh, on this day in 1919, uh, Germany, against their uh, against their best judgment, signed the Treaty of Versailles. They did it under protest. They were not interested in signing it, but it did end World War One. Although World War history, people will say that it actually started World War II, depending on who you ask. Right around the corner. They weren't done yet. They're <laughs> not quite done yet. Um, that's like a common history thing that they sort of teach kids now, it seems like, is that the Treaty of Versailles pretty much makes World War One and World War II like an un- like a, a war that had like a break in the middle. Mm-hmm. Because they're almost so linked together, you might as well think of them as one large world conflict. Just about. Yeah. I mean, there's not... tough to really differentiate the two, I feel like. Yeah. On this day in 1926, uh, famed comedian, director, uh, actor, producer, Mel Brooks was born. We, <laughs> I like Mel Brooks. What year was that again? 1926. Okay. Mel Brooks, uh, I think, 
doesn't age well. Like the Mel Brooks comedies that I watch now. Seems to be aging just fine. That boy was born in 1926. Well, he's doing this. He's still still alive, right? I mean, like, when I was a kid, I loved Spaceballs and, like, Dracula. Is he still alive? As I know, he's... He is still alive, but he's... I had to think about it. Yeah, he's... He's getting there. (laughs) I loved Mel Brooks as a kid. A lot of it doesn't hold up for me anymore, but I think that Mel Brooks is one of those things that's, like... Comedians today always talk about Mel Brooks and how he was influential to them, right? I think to a certain generation, he was, like, iconic in that way. Yeah, it's all about the things that you see when you're young. Hmm. All right, uh, in this day, in 1970, Muhammad Ali uh, had to stand in front of Congress for his refusal uh, to be inducted into the Vietnam War. Now, what I think is funny about this is that today, they would have told him what, like, stick to sports? Not allowed to have an opinion as an athlete about politics, right? Well, it wasn't an opinion. The man was drafted. <laughs> I mean, that's not like, hey, yeah. I don't think we should do this war. It's he like you were drafted. He had to do. Yeah, and he said, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it did take him exactly one year. On this yeah. day in 1971, uh, they actually uh, took down the convictions against him. So it took him a full year. So remind me next year. I'll talk about that specific moment. Oh, see, there you go. You can put it right on. Uh, And then on this day in 1997, uh, this one's not important to me, but this is important to a lot of people. The first Harry uh, Potter book came out. Harry Potter is 20 years old today. Is there been people all over Facebook? Is that why I've been seeing that? Yeah. Harry Potter all over Facebook. All over Facebook today. Now, I don't think... I don't think that it's a secret that I don't love Harry Potter. We've talked kind of casually about how much we don't care for I'm sure like, it's come up over 105 yeah. episodes at some point it falls in my list of hard fantasy which is things I don't really like Game of Thrones Harry Potter Lord of the Rings anything with like magic or wizards oh, or, the people hate when you start they, looking that stuff together they hate they get I've so caught angry. a lot of heat I've, I think some of the angriest that I've ever seen my siblings with me ever was them when they when I'm like Harry Potter's trash I don't like it <laughs> I don't get it I've got people have gotten like offended people get mad well I guess my question is this though because I had a hard time coming up with franchises that are more ubiquitously well known like I like I said Star Wars Disney Marvel and even those are kind of fringe like what what's got more cultural pull right now than Harry Potter that you know what I mean like every it's it's a cultural like touch point for so many people and so many generations now seemingly like out of nowhere 20 years right Star Wars goes back to the 70s I mean and yeah. it's still sort of around which is weird to me but, like, the fact that Harry Potter became, like, this massive, massive pop cultural touch point is, is kind of something impressive. Okay, because I feel like it was for kids. And I have people that are my age that are, like, going to Harry Potter museums and yeah, doing but all this. We'll put it this way, though. The, the first book came out 20 years ago. How old are the people know, your age? I I'm not going to, like, things I read 20 years ago are still, I don't know. I was 11 when it first came out. Oh, and so I, my age? I don't know, 13. Yeah, you know, yeah, that that was the prime age. Okay. But we're in the prime age. Well, how come none of us got into Harry Potter? I know I can say why you and I didn't specifically. Why is that? Uh, we Stephen Harry, King. Mm, uh, that's that's a small way of saying like the larger picture. Yeah, is that you know you and me were both kids who grew up reading and reading mm-hmm. all the time. For Harry Potter was what got a lot of people into books. I remember people who read those, and it was like the first book. It was books for people who didn't already like books. Not to say that they're dumb or no, poorly written that or anything. Makes sense. But, like, I was, yeah, I was reading, like, Stephen King books about, like, heavy-duty adult shit when I was 13 and 14. Yeah. I, didn't want to, I didn't want to read about, like, wizards at the magical wizard Hogwarts. and That's true. That just all seemed and a I little... I read or like Harry Potter. I just played with my friends, I guess. I just wanted to hang out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I was... I was on, hanging out. <laughs> I was on a different subject matter, so it never <laughs> caught me. And then by the time the movies came out, I had no reference, so I just didn't care. What's interesting is well, I have a tough time. You come out with seven or eight movies. I don't. I don't have seven or eight movies worth of it in me. However many movies they got. 
Yeah, that's fair. And I've seen the movies. I think that that's a time and place thing, though, because if Stephen, if the movies were being made in the 80s and 70s like they were today, they would have turned every Stephen King book into a movie. And then it would have been cut into, like... They two. did, damn near. They they got, and they, they got the rest coming. That's true. That's true. I'm I still, think it was the first book series, too, that was really publicized, though, out there. It, made into, like, a big deal, and people felt like they had to. Because there were lots of books that came out that had more than one or had seven or eight. But this was the first one that went, like... Really crazy, and they—that's a really good point, actually. So. And I'm glad you brought that up because Harry Potter, more than almost anything, felt like a big deal the minute it came out. Like yeah. it was presented as a big deal, it was marketed as a big yeah, deal. I mean, they went There's crazy. the word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They went crazy with it. So I think that's what. And then everyone's like, "Oh, I got to do this. Oh, they're doing." It. And it just catches on, just with anything else. Like. Well, yeah, because I remember when I was, you know, before that, like when I was a kid in grade school, and all the people who were reading were reading all the Goosebumps and the Fear Street books. Yeah, and everybody read them because you would see people reading Fear Street and like, oh, I I want to read what my friends are reading, and so I think that's where a lot of it comes from. And it hit at the perfect time of the technology and the movie making coming right at the like maturing at the right time so that the films could be really impressive to look at and it wasn't like some hokey 1994 CGI going on. Yeah. You they know what I mean? They it's... did the same thing with Star Wars and that's why these things are carrying like they are. Now, Star Wars makes more sense to me yeah. because Star Wars was culturally drops like what, in the 70s, 80s? 77. 77, right? So now you have parents who grew up watching it and the appeal of like space and lasers and good guys and bad guys and space opera mm-hmm. isn't like age yeah. sensitive like little kids still think that's cool yeah. Yeah. even this day right so I understand why Star Wars is the cultural phenomenon that it is today although I feel like I'm sort of out on that I feel a little bit outsidery from that but that's just me again mm-hmm. I understand that I just I'm impressed by maybe Marvel is a closer comparison because Marvel <laughs> 20 years ago was on the verge of like bankruptcy <laughs> Marvel's entirely different because Marvel's been around for like 50 or 60 years and they've got like this comeback story where now comeback they make story, these movies yeah. And they're considered one of the big names, but like that's not even necessarily really true. They've only been doing what they're doing for like ten years. Yeah, it's very big right now. I don't know how long all of the Marvel stuff will hold up long term. Not too much longer, I feel like. But I've been well, saying I mean, that. But for I'm a talking while. about even like twenty years down more. the road. I don't know if they can keep making anymore. They'll keep making them. I'm talking about into the future, like twenty years down the road. I don't know if anybody's going to care about the Avengers movie the same way that people care about Harry Potter. Ice. It's like anything else. I said a long time ago that I feel like the superhero movie, like bubble, is meant to burst like any day now or should have busted already and yet somehow it continues to thrive on and continue to be super successful so maybe I'm wrong maybe the bubble is just never going to burst maybe it's like that with everything all the stuff that I keep hoping is going to get better is never going to change everything this is it forever time dilation is what you're dealing with um, we did this a couple weeks ago just for fun I figured I'd bring it up uh, you know the number one song in America 10 years ago today was 2007. What do you got, guys? 2007, number one song in America. Oh, man. Who knows? I don't know. Umbrella featuring, by Rihanna featuring whoever else was on that track. Oh was that Jay-Z? I can't believe uh, that was that I think he was on ago. the remix. On the remix? Yeah. Uh, on this day in 1997, you know what the number one song in America was? Spice Girls. Uh, Notorious B.I.G. song. Wow, that's... One of the, oh, it's the, I don't well, remember. that's close. But, oh, no, now the answer would be, I'll Be Missing You by Puff oh, Daddy, no. which was about... When he died. The Missouri's <laughs> B.I.G. I was putting it there. <laughs> and then, of course, on this day in 1987, the number one song in America was... Oh, you're uh, playing it. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, a little bit of Houston for you. Oh, my gosh. What year? This is uh, 1987. This is, I want to be... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Number one song in America. Do you think if you play it on your phone to the microphone, you're not going to get a cease and desist? Maybe. Maybe she's not here anymore. All right, so there you go. Thanks, I want to dance with somebody, Whitney Houston. Number one song in America. Whitney Houston, uh, by the way, underrated. <laughs> Doesn't get appreciated for how talented she was, how many hits she had. She was for a while until right. she went all grubby. Okay. Uh, she started doing crack. Yes. Yeah, Smoking I'm crack. Be nice. That's true. <laughs> all right. So uh, for all you people out there who think that we are just a bunch of liberals who are here to bash Trump and the Trump administration and talk about how terrible the Republicans are, uh, this story is specifically for you guys to prove. I think it. you're inventing those people. In my head, I am. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, high school teacher in New Jersey was suspended uh, last Monday after parents complained that their children's yearbook picture uh, and captions had been altered to remove references to Donald J. Trump. A uh, teacher who had not been publicly named uh, was the yearbook advisor, and uh, he apparently did this without telling the students or anybody before he did it. He just, the students saw their pictures and showed up in their quotes, and uh, images were scrubbed from their T-shirts. Now, I have some thoughts on this. Yeah. I did see a lot of little kids wearing Trump gear because I was there with a school group. I'm surrounded by a lot of school groups now I was in D.C. Mm-hmm. Some of the school groups tended to skew that way more than others, right? And I have mixed opinions about that. But I'm going to say that the teacher made the mistake here, right? Absolutely. Like, he deserved to get suspended for this, yeah. right? It's just, it's, everyone it's, has a free a right to a right to like whatever they want or have right. a feeling towards... Well, the, the argument starts to get into, like, theoretically. Because, like, if that kid's wearing a Hitler shirt, sure as shit, you're not getting the yearbook. And so you start figuring out where that sliding scale is and what right. is acceptable. Because you can't just say you can put anything you want on there. Where this teacher made the mistake is, like, if you're going to make this stand, then, you know, you want to be cool, now it's time to be brave. So if you're going to do this, then you have to tell the people, we're gonna, I'm going to object to this, we're not going to let them in. You can't just let it come out and hope that nobody notices. Like, what, what did you think was going to happen, teacher? Mm. <laughs> How did you think this was going to play out for you? Yeah, this can't seemed, be surprised. This just seems like somebody who's like, I don't like Trump. I don't think we should put this in the yearbook. It's like, well, you're just a teacher, though. Like, I, my, I'm not allowed to really get into my political opinions. So that's where really the teacher screws up here is just being like the school decides it, or school board, or whatever. I understand that the world thinks that everything's so different now than it always was, but that doesn't mean that that like. I hate to use it, trumps the concept of having to be unbiased, right? Just because I don't like Donald Trump doesn't mean that I'm allowed to go to my kids and talk about how much I don't like Donald mm-hmm. Trump, right? I have to, to a certain level, allow for open discourse between conversation between kids as opposed to actually making a statement in that way. So, bad look by this teacher, giving us all a bad name by doing stuff like this. Come on. Did he get in trouble? Did he get... He got suspended. He did not get fired. Okay. Um, I think that's the right move too. I don't think he should be fired. No, because no. uh, he too got really suspended. Wrongs. You keep an eye on him. I mean, keep him off. You know, the yearbook committee or whatever it happens <laughs> to be. But like I said, if you want to make this stand, you want to be this guy. You want to make a stand, then stand up and tell the people we're going to take this out. Yeah. Tell them what you're doing. Don't just wait for it to come out. Mm. Uh, what do you guys know about Goop? G O O P. I know that Gwyneth Paltrow is loosely associated with it, and they're always doing silly stuff. Yes, they're very silly folks. Uh, Goop is Gwyneth Paltrow's lifestyle brand uh, that she has on the internet. Now, Heather, as somebody who does a lot of internet uh, business here, you know I don't want you to think I'm picking on you. Okay. As somebody with a lifestyle brand. Lifestyle brand. So she got a lot of um, got a little bit of hot water this week for promoting a product called Body Vibes, which were wearable stickers. Uh, that were purported to, quote, promote healing and rebalance the energy frequencies in our bodies. Uh, the stickers were $60 for, uh, 
for a pack of ten, so about six dollars a pop. Uh, and they recorded, and according to them, it reduced inflammation, boosted cell turnover, uh, and smoothed out physical anxiety uh, at t- uh, and tension using quote unquote the same conductive carbon material NASA uses to line spacesuits so they can monitor an astronaut's vital during wear in space. Seems nice, right? Oh, some stupid people out there. <laughs> Uh, so this is pretty good. Uh, NASA did not appreciate this. NASA was not. Uh, <laughs> uh, NASA told them. Uh, NASA told them keep your name out. Keep my name out your mouth before you catch these hands. <laughs> before you my... catch these rockets. Uh, they NASA told them uh, that the spacesuits quote do not have any conductive carbon material lining the spacesuits, uh, saying. Uh, what a load of BS this is. That was from the former chief NASA scientist who addressed them. Uh, here's, uh, this is all, like... When you get a NASA scientist out here saying BS to the press, that's how you know you, you really... Really ruffled some feathers. Yeah, because they don't really come out of their shell, so... Um, so the point I want to get at here is, like, this is all fun and to laugh at. Oh, Gwyneth Paltrow, you weirdo. But I think that, to a certain extent, the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow is attached to this brand is sort of what why this sort of got caught. What concerns me about this is, like, let's say this is just any miscellaneous, like, lifestyle brand making some sort of claim. Like, how long would this have gone under the radar and people have been sold snake oil, right? Forever. Happens Forever, all the time. right? You yeah. would be on those infomercials at 3 o'clock Not even. You ever been on Facebook? Mm. Everybody knows you got friends from high school trying to sell you some sort of skin oh, cream or body wraps. If you're a or... woman, you have no idea how Oh, no, I see it all the time. I joined, oh, join my team. I'm self-employed. <laughs> I'm going to make, like... That nobody stops these people, you know what I mean? Just because it was so high profile, because you're out here saying NASA. I remember we had some friends who got caught up in a skincare uh, selling. They were selling skin cream, and I remember my buddy called me one day. And the way these people do, and they get involved, and they were like, "We're yeah, we're working with Stanford and Princeton University. We got their studies, and this stuff's also really good for your brain. Turns you into Einstein, and it, it keeps you from <laughs> aging." And I looked it up online. The first thing I was Princeton is like, absolutely not. Tell these Nerium folks to get away from me. There's no way this isn't a real thing. If you don't make those claims, though, you can sell the stuff to people if you've got a good pitch. Yeah. Especially if you're Gwen. Gwen, oh, Gwen wow, Gwen yeah. Stefani. Then or you can. Gwen Paltrow. Yeah. You're oh, right. Gwen Paltrow. Okay, wow. Sorry. Gwen right Stefani can sell me anything. Yeah, she um, no, it's true, though, like, and that's what scares you about it, too, is, like, the Gwyneth Paltrow being a part of it lends that air of credibility to it for some people. Yeah. It's like, well, she wouldn't be involved in it if it was uncredible. Are they paying her? Because if they are, then or she Or whoever might. she's working yeah. with that gave her the information, I'm sure she's yeah, very she happy just, with her right uh, now, because she probably assumed that she learned something, or somebody she was working well, with. Plus, I don't think she's in a boardroom testing products. No. She lends her name to the thing and then lives on a yeah, lake Yeah, like, we have Italy. this thing that's from NASA, and they do this, and she's like, oh, I want it. I'm in. I'm interested. Celebrity endorsements is an odd concept in the first place. Like, I don't... Like, the idea is what? Because this famous person has it or sells it, like, you also want it too, right? That's the selling point. That works for a lot of people, I would assume, or else they wouldn't keep doing it. But, like, I don't know. Like, I guess it's hard for me to say because I feel like if somebody showed up with a truck full of money, I would probably endorse their product for them. So it's hard for me to say, like, you should only endorse products you care about, right? Anybody who wants to bring a truck full of money to the house, DM me on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Uducast brought to you by anybody who wants to pay. <laughs> so, um, hey guys, you ever been to the Six Flags Great Escape Amusement Park, uh, Great Adventure Amusement Park in New Jersey? No. No. I went there once as a kid. Uh, there was a heroic rescue that happened there earlier this week. Uh, a child, a fourteen-year-old uh, daughter, a girl was hanging from the sky ride. You guys know about the sky ride? Yeah. Uh, Twenty-five feet in the air, and she was forced to drop and be caught by a uh, by a good Samaritan below. 
amusement parks in general are not considered, like, people don't talk about them being unsafe in concepts, but what's interesting about them is most amusement parks have very little federal oversight to make sure that everything is working properly. But how did she even fall? It's just a sky ride thing. I mean, she literally had been messing around just the I'm sure. Probably she was 12. So. Yeah, I'm sure that the, but that's kind of the thing, like, I'm not here to, to take blame no. away from the <laughs> child, right? But the thing is, like, it's up, this is like a state, uh, the state is what facilitates this, right? Yep. If the Enchanted Forest Water Safari needs the ride to get fixed, New York State's taking care of it. There's no mm-hmm. federal overview, right? It seems like amusement parks in general are super dangerous, especially older, like, more regional. Actually, we went by, this weekend, went by one of those old, like, um, you know, the carnival or, like, yes. those, like, Tabor Field days or something like yes. that. Yes, we, yes. We drove by one oh of those. Oh, my God. I would never go on the hurricane ever again a... or the swings because they're so scary. That's an adult <laughs> problem because in my 30s, I'll go on those rides with my nieces and nephews, and I can't enjoy those rides no. anymore because I sit there and I'm like, when's the last time that somebody like oiled the gears in this thing. I'm staring at it. I'm just like, it's so little, like just, just a little bit of mechanical like ingenuity stopping me from like a very painful and graphic televised yes. death. Right? Like, like the bomber at Sylvan Beach. It's going to bomb when I'm on it. I'm not saying, I would trust <laughs> like the traveling even. rides a lot more than I would trust some rickety. I'm more likely to trust the people who come to the field days than I would be to trust oh, like, the oh, Sylvan right. Beach. Because those right. people travel. Okay. Those people are so much more heavily regulated by their insurance companies. Mm. They yeah, do bonded work are. and different. They have to be. Mm. They just have to be to do the contract work they do. Those people actually have to maintain it. When you've got your own place where nobody's coming in to check your stuff and you're not applying for 100 different permits throughout the year, sure. those are the people who can skate by and be like, ah, we, can, we can wait on that. We can wait on that. Mm. <laughs> Next year. Uh, for the sake of argument... Uh, I did look up the 20 most popular current amusement parks uh, in the United States. Uh, well, 20. I didn't know there were 20. Of them. I'm not going to run through all of them. You guys want to take a guess at what any of the top five are? I have the top uh, five pulled one up. Of the, one Disney. of the Disney. I mean, yeah. Disney, yeah. yeah. They're mostly Disney. Number one, yeah. Magic Kingdom and yeah. Florida. Number two, Disneyland California. Number three, Epcot why. Center, oh, which right. is weird because Epcot sucks. Epcot's like the worst Disney park. I heard that Epcot is way better when you're an adult, is what they tell me. Yeah, but when you're an adult, here's what they don't tell you about that. When you're an adult at Disney World, doesn't mean you're there by yourself. You usually still got kids with you. It means you gotta drag your kids through Epcot, and that's never fun. Fatal miscalculations. Don't bring kids to Disney. You'd be bogged down all day. (laughs) Leave the kids home. (laughs) Uh, Number four, Disney's Animal Kingdom, which is actually really cool. And number five... Uh, you know the Hollywood Studios, which I remember calling MGM Studios yes. oh, as a yeah. kid, right? Yeah. Like, I know that's different now. That's my favorite park down there. Yeah, I like that's that the one. Cool one. And then Universal Studios number six, which has always been like the little brother to Disney theme parks. I always feel bad for Universal Studios, kind of. I feel like they're not the little brother as much as they're like the the wild cousin that like gets <laughs> less press, but you'll have a way better time with with less like. Less lines and waiting, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, guys, I wanted to play a game with you guys. Uh, I found an interesting topic on Ask Reddit, and I wanted to bring it up to you guys and see what you thought, and I was going to see what some of the responses were. You guys feel good about that? I'm good, I think. Oh, yeah, I'm here. All right, cool. Anything you throw at me. All right, cool. All right. So this was the Ask Reddit question of the day, all right? The question was, what is something that absolutely disgusts you, but the majority of everyone else seems to be okay with? Something that disgusts you, but the majority of everyone else uh, seems to be okay with, okay? I'll give you a couple that were the top answers. Uh, This was number one. Lotion. Putting on lotion. I hate that greasy, oily texture it leaves behind. I kind of get that. You ever put, like, I put lotion on my hands sometimes, and then I feel like I have, like, a film on me. You're using too much. Yeah. Is that the issue? Yep, using way too much. You need a lot less than you think you need. Mm. 
Well, um, all right. So here we go. Let me see what else I can find. Here's his bad radio as I search through them. I feel like I wish I had known about... Next time, tell me about this one ahead of time. Because I'll mm. be able to think about it for a minute. Because let me think. Because if I'm trying to talk, I'm not going to be able to think. Well, how about mouth, uh, people who mouth kiss their dogs? Ew. That's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, that's, that's just, just weird. so gross. There's no need for that. <laughs> Here's no this, reason. This is a good one. People who get smoking breaks. I'm not a smoker. Why is it that if you're a smoker, you're allowed to take a 5 to 15 minute break? But if I'm 5 minutes late as a non-smoker, I'm going to get chewed out. I've heard that one a lot. That's like a common like. A that's that's intellectually dishonest. What that person said because they're talking about being late by five minutes, not going mm. up for fifteen, and probably because you don't have the stones to ask for. If you ask your boss and they're remotely reasonable, they'll let you go for fifteen. But how many places really do a lot of like <coughs> do a lot of that anymore? A ton of places. Okay. To any place you go, you work in like any kind of restaurant, retail situation, stuff like that. It's still pretty prevalent. Yeah, a lot mm. of people work in like service industries like that. They yeah. can sneak out for a minute. But you can go take that break anyway because you need some time to just break up the dick. Go ask your boss, I say to these people. All right, here's one for you. Not wearing socks when wearing tennis shoes or sneakers. Uh, my significant other never wears socks even when working out, and it disturbs me. I actually hate wearing socks with sneakers. No, I think no, I think that's gross. I think no socks with sneakers is gross. Yeah, I, I, I know. Wear, not, not, I, I wear Merrells, and they you don't wear socks. Really have to wear. That's socks a different marketing. something made but, specifically yeah. for it. But like, I mean, people who just wear like regular like sneakers. I would be grossed out if when you guys are working out and then with no socks on, took your shoes right off in the house or something. <laughs> that would be gross. It'd be just gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and here's a good one to end on. This is one that I get I get called out for once in a while, so I feel it. Speaking loudly in a quiet environment and then continuing on when people start looking at you that's just like having bad spatial awareness like people who would just walk in you're not you used to do that I, you don't do that no you don't do that as much anymore no, though. Like, no. as you're old because no, you were notorious for that like when we were young you were everybody had the loud friends it was like you and Dave and a couple others that like Shout out to when Dave. you're a little kid and you're still having sleepovers at your parents house your parents are like oh boy that one is loud like whichever kid it is mm. just talks real loud all night but I think that gets tamped out when you're an adult for some people for you as yeah I noticed that, like, my, and shout out to my stepdad, I love him. My stepdad, once he has a couple uh, a couple adult beverages, has bad spatial awareness. He'll come in yelling and screaming about something. That's he came, true, he comes in hot. He came into the movie series yelling and screaming to a student that he ran into for the first time in, like, 10 years. I'm like, the movie is on. You need to stop. <laughs> all right, guys, uh, that's all I have this week. I want to, again, thank the guys, uh, Doug and Jason from Bite Bakery. Uh, they're the best. Uh, thanks again to Heather. Check her out at Twitter, HeatherWaz1. I'm down one less follower, too. You're down one less follower? Because you got blocked yeah. by Kevin, I know. Yeah. You got blocked by underscore Kevin Sullivan. I told her on the show. She's like, I've never been blocked. I'm like, I'll block you right now. She's like, oh, ha, ha. And then I'm like, what? No, that's that's what we're doing. <laughs> I followed her I'll just to block her. I'll Kevin back. <laughs> uh, SF Doom, you can follow me on Twitter, but I prefer you just follow the show at Uticast. Also, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, MaidenUtica, Uticast.com, and, of course, <laughs> Apple Podcast doesn't sound the same as saying iTunes. Uh, that's it. Uh, next week, hopefully, it will be the return of my good friend Chris Mandry as we prepare for the Boilermaker Road Race, which I am under prepared for. Uh, other than that, thanks for joining us again, folks. Uh, Woodstock lives. That's it. Woo-hoo. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. Finish my coffee. Yeah, finish it up. I'm gonna finish my coffee.